Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, lead pastor for Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today we will be having a conversation about this past Sunday's message entitled "Just Keep Swimming." Uh, Pastor Christian, before we jump into the message, we have to talk about youth camp. It was an unbelievable week. Um, we experienced uh, just just awesome life change in the lives of the students. So let's talk about that um, right off the bat. Um, as the camp pastor and the communicator, what was the highlight for you? Well, yeah, so my primary role at the camp was really as a dad more than a camp pastor. I mean, if you said what was the most important role you played spiritually at camp, it was as a father. So to be able to to watch both of my kids make spiritual decisions, um, to to watch Casey focus on some of the things she needs uh, as she continues to grow up, some good conversations she was able to have with friends that brought some health into her life and some of her relationships, uh, and then watching my son, you know, after a, after two years of really trying to get his life grounded and walking with Jesus. Um, you know, say he went into camp thinking wasn't going to be much for him because he's reading his Bible, he's praying, uh, he's in a pretty good friend group, he's he's got a good group of people he hangs around with, uh, so he wasn't anticipating being being challenged a whole lot, and to have God open his eyes to listen, it's not all about you, and if you really want to be a leader, uh, and if you want to see our student ministry have impact in our community, you have to focus on other people than yourself. So it's good that you've got yourself right, but uh, really you get yourself right so that you can go, uh, then go to work on others. So as a dad, that that was a big thing for me, just watching my kids take steps spiritually in, in their spiritual journey. As a camp pastor and communicator, I mean, every night was special. You know, the first night, giving kids the option to respond spiritually. You know, we said the gospel according to Jesus in Mark chapter 8 is optional. It's uh, for whoever wants to follow, but it's conditional. If you if you follow, you have to follow Jesus' conditions. You have to lay down your life to pick up his, but it's eternal. Uh, and, to, you know, to watch kids get off a 22-hour bus ride, go hang out in the ocean for a couple hours, uh, and then be awakened by the gospel to have, you know, nearly 70 spiritual decisions, I think a dozen of those uh, first-time decisions um, night one was great to see kids night two be so courageous and be so genuine and be so fearless to say there's some sin in my life uh, that I have to get rid of. I can't walk well with Jesus if I keep having sin in my life. Uh, and then the next night watching the video uh, with the voiceover of the, the messages challenge and then the picture of the kids casting their rocks in the ocean, like Micah 7 says that God cast our sins into the depths of the ocean to be remembered no more. We we saw our kids have an opportunity to cast metaphorically their sins into the depths of the ocean to be remembered no more. To you know maybe if you know if there was a if there was an eye opening highlight you know message three we talked about revival we talked about unity in the youth group we talked about our friends group we sang friends in low places together as a student ministry and we said everyone's got a group of friends you need to run from everyone's got a group of friends you need to reach and everyone has a group of friends that you need to have revival with and to just point out in a very young church you know our church is not even 7 years old our student ministry is really not even it's really not even 2 years old we didn't start having weekly student ministry until we moved into our building and we've just got a fragmented. When churches grow fast, when ministries grow fast, they stay fragmented. And we've we've got a fragmented student ministry. People basically kept to their friends group, 
and to show them a picture of what revival could look like uh, in a healthy ministry where the old kids hang out with the young kids and the young kids hang out with the old kids and the guys and girls hang out with each other as friends not to date. You just see a lot of health, and God steps into groups like those, and he uses them to reach their community. So to see such a fragmented youth group the last 18 months as we've grown literally overnight. I mean, Brandon, it changed overnight. The next morning at breakfast, the next day at lunch, the next day on the beach, uh, it, it was like body snatchers, man. I mean, it was like it was it was a different youth group overnight. And to see the hearts of the kids respond to we want to be a healthy youth group, we want God to use us was just absolutely amazing. So I think, you know, as, as a communicator, you know, knowing what God wants you to say, praying the kids respond, seeing the response and then seeing the application of the response was was just phenomenal. And only in camp. Can you see it real time? You know, on Sunday you preach a message and you don't get to watch people apply it 24 hours from them. But at camp you do. And boy, it's, in, it's inspiring as a communicator. It made me want to come home and preach um, preach much stronger on Sunday because I thought this works. God uses preaching to move the hearts of people towards God. Yes, and I, I'd like to see us bring some of our camp messages to church on Sunday. And a lot of people tell me that. Yeah, yes. a lot of our adults said, man, our yeah. whole church needs that. Especially uh, Tuesday night's message, the second night's message. Let's talk about that for just a moment because it's going to be one of those that the kids will not soon forget. Um, the title of the message was Bury Your Poop. Um, I can't believe I'm even saying that on this <laughs> podcast. It's actually feeling very awkward. Will you just share briefly kind of the context of that message and why it was so powerful in the lives of the students. We saw so much happen as a result of that. Well, yeah, our students wanted God to come down and be in the midst of camp, right? but they were not the first. Right. The Israelites uh, wanted God to come down and be in their camp. And God said, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to be with you. But in Deuteronomy chapter 23, you know, we say Christianity is optional, but it's conditional. If you follow it, you got to do it God's way. And God said, well, you know, one of my stipulations in Deuteronomy 23 and God was concerned about the health of the camp, but the spiritual ramifications of how we can teach this as well. God sure. said, you know, if if you have to relieve yourself, go outside the camp, and if you have to poop, take a tool with you and and dig a hole and cover it up. And he said, because I walk around in your midst, and I don't want to step in your crap. I mean, that that's the thought of this message, bury your poop. And I told the kids, you want to walk with God, he wants to walk with you. But he's sick of stepping in all your garbage. He's sick of stepping in your poop. He's sick of you having all this sin around. He doesn't like, you know, dog do on his shoes all the time. And he doesn't like the sin of Christians always around him. If you really want God to walk with you, you have to be more aware of his presence. And you have to care about righteousness. You have to care about holiness. You have to care about removing sin from your life. So that came from that Deuteronomy 23 text where God said, hey, I'd love to walk, I'd love to walk among you, but you've got to clean up your life. I don't, want, I don't want to step in all this stuff. Uh, and, then, and then we looked at 1 Peter 5, 8 that said the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to discover. And we said, how do lions often track their prey? They track, their, they track the defecation. They track the feces of their prey. And we said, listen, God wants to bury, God wants you to bury your sin so that he can have your soul. Satan wants you to leave your sin uncovered so he can track your soul. They're both after the same thing, your soul. But removing sin from your life, you know, we talked about atonement. It was actually a kind of a, a pretty theologically weighty message for the kids. We talked about atonement. 
We talked about God's presence. Uh, we talked about, you know, the tabernacle and God coming down to be with his people. Uh, but in a really practical sense, with a really catchy title, Bury Your Poop, um, if you want to walk with God, you got to get the sin out of your life. And if you don't get the sin out of your life, um, the devil, will he'll track you down and he'll use it to destroy you. we got to bring that message to Sunday. That was really good. So let's jump into this Sunday's message. The title of it was Just Keep Swimming, and we're still learning about the judges, um, the heroes of the faith from the past so that we can learn to stand firm today. Judges 3-7 begins like this, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served Baals and the Asherahs. Um, I love the connection you made this Sunday with the Baals and the Asherahs of Israel that they began to serve and the gods that we serve today. Can can you unpack that a little bit more for our podcast listeners? Yeah, it's actually a really sad connection. So the Israelites forgot their Lord. They forgot the Lord because they were busy serving the Baals and, and the Asherahs. So who are the Baals and the Asherahs? I said this in the message. They were the local regional, regionalized gods of the Canaanites. Uh, Baal was the god of the storm. You would worship Baal because you needed it to rain. You needed it to rain because you needed your crops to grow. You needed your crops to grow because you wanted to have a great harvest and you wanted to make money at the market. You would pray to Baal so your job would go well. Baal was the god of career, right? I mean, that that's what Baal was. Baal was worshiping the security of a great career. Baal was worshiping the security of a great harvest. Uh, Baal was resting and trusting in your job. Uh, Asherah was the goddess of fertility. In those days, they would pray to Asherah because family was critically important to them. You'd want to have a lot of sons, so they would take care of you in old age, and your daughters would help take care of the community in old age. So you would pray to Asherah because family was deeply, deeply important to you. What happened to the Israelites in Judges chapter 3, verse 7, according to the author of Judges, is that the people got so busy focusing on the jobs and uh, their jobs and so busy focusing on their families that they forgot God. That was their evil. You say, it doesn't sound evil to spend a lot of time chasing your job, and jobs do provide security. We were made to work. God put humanity to work in the Garden of Eden before there, before there was even sin, so work isn't a, a consequence of sin. Work is just a consequence of having God in your life. But when work becomes your security, when work becomes your God, you're going to drift from the real God. And and family's not bad. God gave family, right? Adam didn't need to have a family. God gave him a family. God blessed he and his wife and said, your blessing will be that you can have a family. But when you begin to worship your family or when you begin to put God on the back burner because your family or your kids or their sports and activities keep you too busy, you're going to forget God. So we saw a very, very sad comparison of a generation of Israel 3,300 years ago with a generation of Kansas City today. And we say, man, not much has changed. If if you don't put God above your job, your job will make you forget God. If you don't put God above your family, your family won't leave time for God. So jobs are good, families are great, but not when they take the place of God. You stated um, that there are two things that prevent us from forgetting God like the Israelites did. The first one is stories shared by our parents or stories shared by parents. And number two, struggles that make us dependent upon God. How, how do you and Danielle um, share with your kids about where you're at in your in your faith? And, and how do you even share about the struggles that you may be experiencing? Yeah, so probably, probably we cheat a little here because I communicate for a living. And I share my life 
for a living. And probably most of what my kids can tell you about my spiritual story they've heard in sermons, not bedtime talks. You know, I, I say that to my shame, not to not to my pride, but that's the, I mean, that's the reality. My kids know a lot about my life spiritually because I preach about it all the time. Uh, however, Danielle and I are very intentional about being reactive, uh, reactive storytellers spiritually, uh, meaning when our kids come to us with things going on in our life, we try to attach that to a time in our life where we had a similar thing going on and how God used that one way or another. Um, so we, we constantly try to, try to, in reactive parenting, talk about how God led us through a situation that they might be having. When I was your age, I had something similar happen. Let me tell you what happened and how God used it. So we're often telling them in their difficult times how God's going to use it and telling them in their great times um, how God wants to leverage that. So we're constantly bringing God into the midst uh, of their life and into their stories. Um, but if you know, if you, if you ask my kids, like I challenged our people, if I if I ask your son, tell me your dad's story spiritually. If I ask your daughters, tell me your dad's spirit story spiritually. Both my kids could tell you my story, probably because they've heard it in sermons. But they could, if if you said, "Hey, tell me when you went through something." like what your dad went through and how he reacted spiritually. They could answer that too because we've had those conversations when uh you know when when you strike out at the end of the game and you get to talk about when that happened in your life when you have a a boyfriend or girlfriend break up with you and you get to talk about how that happened in your life and how God used it uh when you talk about friends who don't know Jesus and you can talk about your friends that you reached. I think if you ask my kids tell me the things in your life that have happened uh, and how they happened in a similar way in your mom and dad's life. I think our kids could do that because we're just we're just pretty intentional um, about about trying to share our lives spiritually with our kids. In, in our walk with um, Jesus, forward movement is so important. You really pressed in on that this this past Sunday. One of the important lessons we learned from Judges chapter three and the life of Othniel, the first judge of Israel, is is this: is that when we quit fighting spiritually, we start failing spiritually. What are some of the things we need to be aware of spiritually that we can be prepared to fight against? And maybe what are some practical tools that we can use to use in that fight? So I had a man meet me on the stage after the 5 p.m. service. Yeah. I mean, literally, we, we had barely said amen. I hadn't even closed my Bible, and there was a man <laughs> from our church on the stage with wow. me who was there with me and Pastor Kyle, who was on the stage as well. Um, and he grabbed us. He said, can I, can I take a minute? I was like, yeah, of course. You know, we know who he is. And he said— um, do you remember when I was on the stage with you one one year ago um, today? Um, and I said, yeah, I, yeah, I do remember that actually. First time he came to our church, uh, it was a father who had lost his wife because he had lost his wife. He literally had lost his faith because he had lost his faith. He lost his daughter. Um, I mean, like like he was the story of yesterday's message. He was the second generation who walked away and his daughter had no faith. And as we went backstage and talked, and he cried. He said, I feel like God's calling me back, but it's too late for my daughter. She's 13. She doesn't want to come to church. She has, she knows, she doesn't know God. She knows, she, she doesn't want anything to do with God. What do I do? And I told him, you just need to start moving forward. Your daughter trusts you. If you will move forward, if you will take hold of God again and just start moving forward, she'll watch and she'll come around. In the last year, he has locked in spiritually. In the last year, his daughter's gotten saved. In the last year, his daughter's gotten baptized in our church. And he came to just remind us it's been a year. And in a year, everything has changed. 
because I move forward. So your, you know, your question, what do, what do we need to be aware of that we can be prepared to fight against? You know, we listed a bunch of stuff yesterday. You know, bu- busyness is the big one, right? We said if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. You need to, you need to very carefully watch those weeks when you don't have time to read your Bible, when you feel like you don't have time to pray. You need to watch those weeks that get up on you when you don't have time to go to small group and you don't have time to go to church. And here's why you need to be aware of those weeks, because you need to ask yourself this question. If I repeat this every week for a year, am I going to be better or worse spiritually? Uh, Everyone's going to have weeks that creep up on them like that, but they cannot become repetitive in your life. Like um, they, they can't, that cannot be the rhythm of your life that you just put so much life in that you don't have time for Jesus. So you have to be aware you know, Sunday after Sunday, like I think every Sunday you should take a spiritual inventory. I challenged our kids at camp every night before confess your sins every night before bed. It will make you evaluate your spiritual life every day. If I was an adult every week on Sunday, I would just look back and say, how many days did I do my devotions? How many days did I pray by doing devotions? I mean, reading your Bible and writing something in your journal. How many days did I pray? Did I make it to small group? Did I make it to church? Did I did I serve? Like I would I would ask those things every week, and if the answer was no, I'd say why? What kept me from it? And then I would look at the week ahead and say, Am I going to repeat this week? What what needs to change? So busyness is a really really um, big one. Um, and you say what you know what tools can you use? J- just the things that I said: a ministry that you serve in, an accountability group or a small group that you are a part of. Uh, a journal that you keep that's dated, so when you see 10 blank pages in a row, you know, hey, I need to get back going. A Bible reading plan that you check off every day. Um, all of those things are critically important. But, you know, the things in our local church that just keep people in rhythm and routine really are groups and engaging and serving. Because most people, when they feel responsible to a group of people or to a ministry, will come and that will be the thing that kind of keeps them on track. That becomes the, you know, the train stop to make sure the train is still on the tracks every week in my, where I'm serving every week, where my small group is. And then that quiet time, that personal quiet time with prayer uh, and Bible reading, um, you know, and, uh, and journaling. Well, Pastor Christian, it's been another great episode, and I want to thank you for um, teaching us and, and leading us strongly. And I want to thank you, podcast listeners. Um, We pray that this podcast continues to be an incredible resource to you. If it has, please continue to share with your friends and your family about this podcast and, and take some time to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It really helps us multiply the impact of this ministry resource. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.